Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide. Today, Election 2024, The Four Wild Cards, Part 1. Well, it's election time in the United States, and you've no doubt already heard and seen the election ads on television, radio, and throughout the Internet. President Joe Biden announced that he would run for re-election on April 25th. At that point, he also announced that Julia Chavez Rodriguez, granddaughter of labor organizer Cesar Chavez, would be his campaign manager. This will be Ms. Rodriguez's second national campaign effort. Her first was the unsuccessful presidential campaign of Kamala Harris in 2019. Now Biden's campaign slogan is, Finish the Job. Together, we can finish the job for the American people, he has said. He has selected once again Kamala Harris to serve as his vice president, should he be re-elected. It will be an uphill struggle for the incumbent president. The day he announced, the public broadcasting system, PBS, ran the results of their most recent opinion poll, indicating that Biden's support was a mere 41%. Now running against President Biden is former President Donald Trump. It's one of the rare times in American history when two presidents— the current president and a former president, are running against each other. President Trump will continue to utilize his earlier campaign slogan, MAGA, an acronym for Make America Great Again. His campaign slogan is, I'll never stop fighting for you. The Trump campaign spokesman is Steve Chung, who served both in Trump's 2016 campaign and in the Trump administration. Now, the latest Ipsos opinion poll found that most Americans are unhappy with their choices for president, although less so for President Trump. In the poll taken on January 24, Trump leads Biden by five percentage points, 39 to 34 percent, although we can expect those numbers to change many times between now and the general election. So here are the four wild cards. Leading a degree of uncertainty, is the number of geopolitical events occurring, any of which could turn this election on its head. The four events I'm referring to are the conflict in Gaza, the Ukraine war, the actions of the Houthi rebels in the Red Sea, and the reactions to all of this by the Federal Reserve Board. So let's explore each of those. First, the Gaza conflict. On October 7, 2023, Hamas rebels entered a concert in Israel and killed approximately 1,400 attendees. The state of Israel was enraged. President Benjamin Netanyahu immediately began preparations for retaliation. Assembling a war cabinet, Israel began a massive military response aimed at destroying Hamas. As the conflict commenced, world opinion was generally behind Israel. The raid by Hamas was generally considered an act of terrorism, and most thought that Israel had every right to punish the perpetrators. However, as the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, commenced its actions, it became increasingly apparent that they had no regard for civilians who might be caught in their fire. To date, the number of Palestinians killed is approaching 28,000, a number 20 times larger than those killed by Hamas. What's more, more than half of those killed include women and children. In addition to taking human lives, the IDF has also campaigned to destroy homes, apartments, 
stores, and other buildings in the Palestinian towns. As the IDF campaign progressed, all three of the Palestinian colleges and universities have been razed, hospitals destroyed, and infrastructure torn apart. Now, these are not my conclusions. These are the conclusions of the International Court of Justice, the highest of all international courts under the jurisdiction of the United Nations. Last week, the ICJ issued a preliminary judgment on the issue of genocide. The country of South Africa brought charges against Israel, and the behavior of the IDF qualified as wanton genocide. Israel had crossed the line of pursuing Hamas terrorists and was now pursuing a policy that would result in the killing and dislocation of the entire Palestinian people. These were explosive accusations, and if proven, they would make Israel an outlaw state and at risk of becoming an international pariah. Before the court last week was the decision of whether there was sufficient evidence of genocide to take further action. The court ruled that Israel's action warranted further investigation. The ICJ cautioned Israel not to threaten the group, i.e. the Palestinians, with death or harm. Eventually, this matter will come before the General Assembly of the United Nations. The court has made the critical decision that South Africa has presented sufficient evidence to warrant further investigations against Israel. The case of genocide against Israel will proceed. Now, in the following clip, Judge Joan Donahue of the United States reads out a portion of the ICJ's ruling. In it, she admonishes Israel that it must not act in any fashion that would be reminiscent of genocide, although the court stopped short of imposing an immediate ceasefire. When Judge Donahoe refers to group, she is referring directly to the Palestinians. The court considers that, with regard to the present situation, Israel must, in accordance with its obligations under the Genocide Convention, in relation to Palestinians in Gaza, take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention, in particular, A, killing groups, members of the group, B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, and D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. The Court recalls that these acts fall within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention when they are committed with the intent to destroy in whole or in part the group as such. The Court is also of the view that Israel must take measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to the members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. Page 2. The Political Risk The risks here for President Biden's re-election campaign are enormous. In an extended and far-reaching trial of Israel, the United States could be brought into the litigation as the chief accomplice. After all, it has been the Biden administration that has been steadfast in supplying Israel with all the arms and support needed to pursue the battle against Hamas. If it turns out that the court finds that Israel did indeed pursue genocide, 
then it is also possible that America could find itself as a co-defendant in the same trial. Now, there are many hypotheticals here, but any step down this road would likely be considered a blot on this administration's record and President Biden's chance for re-election. And that's today's Value Side. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. ValueSide is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.